Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Thursday, January 31st, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Home Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Home Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And writer Chris Evangelista. Hi. Okay, so we we were recording this earlier than usual, but we have a bunch of stories, some of which rolled over from yesterday. Uh, this is going to be almost an all-superhero edition, but before we get to superheroes, uh, let's talk about technology and Stephen King, because I can connect those in some way. No, I can't. Okay, let's start off with technology. Let's start off with technology that I personally hate, and that is ultraviolet. This is one of those uh, digital storage lockers. Uh, you know, usually when you buy a movie, you can unlock it digitally either on iTunes or it was ultraviolet. Uh, everybody got an email today. It's shutting down. Brad, what is going on? Yes, Ultraviolet uh, was one of the earliest digital movie lockers once studios started uh, including a digital copy of movies along with the release of the movie on Blu-ray and DVD. And it used to be uh, a service unto itself where you could only access certain movies from certain studios on Ultraviolet and other digital copies were available through a different service. Um, Since then, the service has changed to make the library more accessible. If you have an Ultraviolet account, you can link it to other digital retailers like Voodoo and Fandango Now, uh, so you can access your movies from a variety of different places with much more ease. But because the market for uh, digital movies has changed a lot um, since Ultraviolet first started, uh, the, the owners have decided it's time to call it quits and shut down. Um, right, The service will be ending on July 31st, but that doesn't mean people who have an Ultraviolet account will lose their movies. They just have to link, make sure make sure that Ultraviolet is linked to one of the other uh, retailers, which, like I said, includes Voodoo, Fandango Now, uh, and a couple other services. And you'll still be able to access most of your movies. They're not they're not um, saying all, simply because there might be some exceptions. But Ultraviolet is, is anticipating very little disruption when it comes to customers not having access to certain titles in their Ultraviolet library. Um, and honestly, at this point, even though it's it's uh, you know, kind of um, uh, a big deal that Ultraviolet is shutting down. 
most people who have an ultraviolet account have probably already linked their account to one of these other services so that they can access movies from other apps where they likely have a larger library. But the, the one of the bigger reasons that ultraviolet is shutting down is because Disney launched movies anywhere in the fall of 2017. And since then, uh, 20th Century Fox and Universal Pictures, who were the earliest adopters of distributing their digital movie copies through ultraviolet, uh, no longer do it exclusively through ultraviolet and have teamed up with movies anywhere to make sure that their movies are available across uh, all the various digital platforms that um, are also working with movies anywhere. Yeah, and, and Brad, I know you're more of a physical guy. Both of you are more physical media guys, but uh, you know, I'm a big digital movie guy, and even when I get a physical media and it comes with that digital copy, I want to unlock it like right away. And I'm assuming there's probably a lot of people out there listening that might have Blu-rays that have ultraviolet code uh, in them. Uh, so I guess this is probably, you know, this is time, guys. Unlock it now or you yeah, will lose it forever. If you have a digital copy that you haven't redeemed yet or if you happen to buy a movie with an ultraviolet digital copy, if, like, if it's an older Blu-ray or something like that, you have until July 31st to redeem it. And as long as you have your account linked to um, another uh, digital retailer, you'll be able to have access to that in the other digital libraries. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I, I think it's good because Ultraviolet was always like the worst. I remember their original programming being so shoddy and uh, I don't know. It was just I, – I would just much rather have everything on iTunes. I know I'm an Apple guy. Uh, Chris, did you ever use Ultraviolet? Uh, I'm sure I used I used it once or twice. I do prefer whenever I have to use digital stuff. I do prefer movies anywhere's because it's it's so much easier. Yeah. So uh, I I I've always hated how there there were like several different options, and I I'm glad that they're paring them down because really there should just be one at this point. Yeah, and it, it was just con- it was confusing to I think general you know consumers in general. They're like, which one should I unlock it on? And you know because some some would offer like options. Now movies anywhere, it's unlocked everywhere. It, it's just the best of all possible worlds. Um, okay, let's move on to Stephen King and talk about the stand. There's a TV series heading to CBS All Access, which I guess, Chris, means that you're going to finally have to subscribe to this thing, right? I guess, or I'll have to email them when it airs and say, give me a free screener. I'm not signing up for your service. Uh, yeah, so The Stand is That's one of not Steve- fair. There's so many people out there listening right now. They're probably angry at that statement. They, they do not have the ability to do that, and they're going to have to subscribe, Chris. Listen, I can't worry about them. I can only worry about myself in this this dog eat dog world of film journalism. Um, but so the the, the stand uh, is one of Stephen King's most famous novels. It's also one of his biggest novels. I think it's like a billion pages. Uh, it was previously turned into a mini series back in the '90s, and ever since then, people have been trying to make a new adaptation of it. Uh, for a while, Ben Affleck was trying to make a big screen adaptation of it, and he, he eventually walked away from it, saying he could never crack the script, uh, at which point Josh Boone, who directed The Fault in Our Stars, was hired to take over. And for a while, Josh Boone was trying to make uh, multiple movies, basically a film series based on 
the book and that too never got off the ground uh then he was talking to showtime for a while to make it a showtime series and now it's finally ended up at cbs all access and josh boone is still involved he's co-writing it and he's going to direct it uh and uh yeah that's really the the bulk of what we know um there's also a a comment from stephen king where he says he's read the scripts and he's really liked them and that's great but at the same time i remember before the dark tower movie came out stephen king also said oh i really like the script for this and we all know how that turned out so i would take that at face value but for now this is what's happening the stand is coming to cbs all access probably in 2020 yeah, like Stephen King always says the new version of whatever he's uh, is like the best, right? Like that's yeah. The only thing he doesn't like is Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, which everyone agrees is like the best adaptation of all of his books. But that's the one he doesn't like. So, yeah, take take whatever he says with a grain of salt. I love you, Stephen King, but you have really bad taste in movies. Now, Chris, t- tell me this, because I've only watched the that old miniseries that was produced for network television and I was not a huge fan of that. I have not read the book. Why should I care about The Shining? Oh, you mean The Stand? Um, oh, sorry, the the Stand. Sorry. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a huge you know, the main series is okay, but it was also very much a TV movie, and I guess this is going to be too. But I can only hope they're going to up the budget. I can only hope they're going to make it more modern. Um, it's it's a very epic story. It, it's sort of like. I, I almost want to call it like Stephen King's Lord of the Rings, even though I guess the Dark Tower is that too. But it's 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 very sprawling. There are hundreds of characters. It spans all these different uh, states. You know, it, it, it's about the end of the world and it's about rebuilding the world after you know the world ends, and that can be a very compelling thing if it's done right. And you know, uh, I do think that that original miniseries was not great. It was the best it could be at the time. So I think there's definitely room for improvement. And uh, a thing like this, it has such a huge cast of characters that if they cast a lot of like cool, recognizable names, I think that's gonna attract people too. But then again, I don't know that that requires a budget. Chris. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, I don't know what the budget of CBS All Access is. I feel like they they blew all their money on buying Star Trek, and they have no other money to do anything else. So I guess we're gonna have to see what happens. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to superhero stuff. Let's uh, first talk about Zack Snyder, who you know was making this whole DC uh, EU, and he had plans for a trilogy of Justice League movies. This is all of you know stuff we kind of already knew. Uh, Kevin Smith on his podcast or video cast, whatever you want to call it, uh, Fat Man Beyond, uh, he mentioned that while he was on the set of Star Wars Episode Nine in the UK, he talked to a bunch of crew members there that were working on Justice League with Zack Snyder, and uh, they saw the Jim Lee breakdown boards of all three Justice League movies, according to Smith, and... Um, they kind of give us an idea of what we would have gotten if we had gotten, you know, uh, the Justice League uh, Snyder cut uh, and, uh, you know, two sequels. Uh, and what that is, is um, according to the original plan, and we kind of knew this, I, I think I broke this on a podcast long, like one of our first podcasts, and uh, at the end of the film... Uh, you know, the, the, the Justice League was going to defeat Stephen Wolf, and this would uh, then this would lead to an appearance from from uh, his boss, 
dark side. And uh, so at the end of the film, Steppenwolf would be zapped back to his home planet via a boom tube and through which the League would get their glimpse at Darkseid. Uh, Smith describes that the League saw Darkseid and Darkseid saw them. Boom tube closes and that is the end of the effing movie uh, with them all knowing that there's something out there and we have to go. Um, Smith also revealed that the shot from the trailer of Alfred uh, expressing gratitude to a mysterious figure was not directed at Superman, as many originally thought, but it was actually going to be Green Lantern there. So Justice League 2, according to Smith, was going to go cosmic and take them take the fight to the apocalypse, and uh, the Lantern Corps would obviously be involved there. And uh, I guess... J- Snyder had planned to have a Infinity War like, you know, Empire Strikes Back like ending uh, to to that film where uh, the dark side would have defeated the League, conquered the Earth and reduced it to the apocalyptic landscape that Batman saw in, in his nightmare sequence. And then um, the third film would be the big showdown where, you know. The entire third movie is the hero's last stand against Darkseid and the forces of the apocalypse. Um, Smith seemed super excited about that in this video. I'll link in the show notes. Uh, I do. I know I'm going to throw it to you guys and you guys are going to hate on this. And I'm not saying I would have been excited for this, but one of the things that really irked me about the DCEU that we saw was it seemed like none of it was planned. It was just like kind of thrown together. Like why were, you know, these metahuman, why were there files of these metahumans on Lex Luthor's computer and Batman or what was that? Batman versus Superman. Yeah, it was Batman versus Superman. And, uh, it just seemed like they didn't know where they were going. It at least sounds here. Like Snyder had a plan and, that would have been an interesting plan to actually have that. But I, I guess the second Justice League would have probably come out after Infinity War. So I think Infinity War would have beat DC to it at that point. Um, does this at all – Brad, does this excite you at all? I wouldn't say that it excites me, but it, it just makes me curious. Um, despite the fact that I, I hate the time – anytime someone says they want to see the, the Snyder Cut of Justice League – uh, and the constant barrage of people asking about it and demanding it, it uh, hearing details about it ver- makes me very curious. You know, simply what it would have been like, and you know, I, I think just seeing it would be fascinating. So again, I wouldn't necessarily be excited, but it would just be out of sheer morbid curiosity that I would, you know, want to know more. Maybe at least read a script or or something like that to understand exactly what Zack Snyder's full full vision was. F- funnily enough, actually. Um, for anybody who keeps up with the superhero bits out there, uh, Zack Snyder made a T-shirt for a charity that supported suicide prevention, and some fans seemed to think and were like breaking down that the design that he created looked like it was some kind of uh, cryptic map for what he had planned to unfold in the entirety of his uh, DC Extended Universe um, story arc. So if um, if you go go out and search like for, you know, Zack Snyder Justice League shirt, you'll find probably, like, the Reddit thread that has everyone breaking down the details of it. And I'm sure he's commented on Vero uh, whether or not <laughs> those, those things are accurate. Yeah, that's, like, the, he's, like, the only person in the world that uses this weird 
social media service because his friend like started it or something. Um, uh, hopefully we can link that superhero bits in the show notes. If you can find that for me, Brad, um, uh, Chris, are you at all interested in even learning more about what the plans w- were for justice league or, or, or the trilogy? Or is it like, look, if someone wrote like a really detailed breakdown, like a book, if there was a book that came out like a, like a few years from now about like, what went wrong and here's what could have happened like a really dishy dirty scoopy behind the scenes look at everything that went on behind the scenes of this movie i would absolutely read that but as like a movie i could care less like that that description you were talking about sounds exhausting and i don't even know what the hell a boom tube what is that like i don't what that, is that, that? that was in justice league <laughs> remember those like like it was kind of no? like these wormholes that connected different uh is that what they're called boom tubes i don't remember that yeah. i just remember i just remember saying i wish this would end so i could leave the theater <laughs> so so like i said i would love like a really well-written insider book like behind the scenes of what the hell went wrong with with justice league because i think that would be fascinating but i have no desire to actually see it I just wonder if we'll ever get like a behind the scenes look at that. It seems like so many people don't want to talk about it. Interestingly enough, Zack Snyder, who has another film coming out, it was announced yesterday, was interviewed by the Hollywood Reporter. They didn't even ask him about the existence or non-existence of a Snyder cut, which I think would have, you know, broken a co- you know a corner of our internets. Uh, I have heard it actually exists, and I'm not one of those people. That is pushing the uh, pushing the idea that it might ever get released because I don't think Warner Brothers has any benefit from releasing that that cut if it exists. Um, but I, I've heard it exists. It, it, you know what I would like to see is I think Kevin Smith actually did this with his Superman script. Maybe you know Brad, but it was released as a comic book. In, in a graphic novel form so that people could experience this movie that never happened. I think I like, remember, I remember hearing about that, but I haven't read it or anything, but th- that yeah. would be something that I would probably go out of my way to, to read. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if it would have been any good, but or maybe, maybe they can just release it page by page on zero. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if that eventually becomes the case because, uh, you know, Zack Snyder needs to get people on Vera somehow. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's talk about other things that WB has planned. You know, originally Ben Affleck was going to be directing the Batman, which was going to be a follow up on Justice League, and it was going to be starring him uh, as Batman. But, uh, you know, Matt Reeves took over the directing reins and. Uh, now we know that his movie is coming in 2021, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but uh, now with this release date, we now think we have completely officially confirmed that Ben Affleck is not going to be Batman. Is that correct? Uh, indeed. Um, the Yesterday, Warner Brothers announced uh, a new slate of release dates, including three of their upcoming superhero movies. And one of them was Matt Reeves, The Batman, and it has been slated for release on June 25th, 2021. And with that news uh, came confirmation that Ben Affleck will not be back. The actor even uh, tweeted out that he was excited for The Batman in summer 2021 and to see Matt Reeves' vision come to life, pretty much confirming that he is not involved in any capacity. 
And the word on the street right now but, is but that. But does that confirm it? Like, it, it seems to me like he's tweeting a link to a story that says he's not in it, but he never officially confirms that fact. I mean, you're right. He didn't say, like, I'm I'm not Batman anymore. <laughs> but, like, it's, it's pretty clear. And, like, yeah. this is something that, you know, has been talked about for a while now, and everyone has pretty much known, you know, behind the scenes of of all the the dealings at, with DC and and Warner Brothers. So it's uh, it's not surprising. And and the word on the street is that apparently uh, Matt Reeves' ba- the Batman will f- focus on a younger Bruce Wayne instead. So Ben Affleck's not exactly uh, prepared to play a younger Bruce Wayne. So yeah. uh, it seems like that's now we're completely done. Um, on on I do oh, want to say I, I do want to say about Ben Affleck. Um, you know, I think we even said a year and a half ago on this podcast that I knew for sure that he wasn't playing Batman. Like, this this is something that's been – this isn't, you know, a recent development. It's not Matt Reeves' fault that he's not playing Batman. It was. It's clearly that Ben Affleck did not want to play Batman, um, despite appearing at Comic-Con and kind of suggesting otherwise without, you know, <laughs> straight up saying so. It was kind of a weird denial at Comic-Con. Um, well, I listen. It sounds like we've moved on to the talking about whether or not Henry Cavill is still Superman. Yeah, I mean, is he still Superman? I mean, Ben Affleck's not Batman, so who knows? But they have Wonder Woman, so they need to keep Wonder Woman and I guess Aquaman now. I mean, don't yeah. forget Cyborg; they'll keep him too. No, we're never going to hear of Cyborg ever again. Cyborg <laughs> was the most popular character from Justice League. I read a whole dissertation about it. Yeah, whenever whenever I go out, I always see kids wearing with like Cyborg backpacks and they yeah. have Cyborg shirts. I keep hearing his signature phrase, "Robot Smash." Hey, I liked Ezra Miller <laughs> as uh, as the Flash, and I. <laughs> I mean, you, you gotta admit, like it, you'd much rather see more Ezra Miller Flash movies than him in in, in Fantastic Beasts, right? Oh, a hundred percent. But okay, no. But w- go back to the uh, Ben Affleck as, as Batman uh, for a second. I do want to say that I actually really liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I feel like the performances in both of those movies which I know get a lot of crap, like the movies as a whole, but I think Ben Affleck and Henry and Gal, you know, the, the whole group actually, turned out pretty good performances as those characters in not-so-great movies. And I was really interested. I'm a fan of Affleck as a director. I would have been really interested to see him direct a Batman movie. But you know what? I'm I'm more interested in Matt Reeves directing a superhero movie. So, uh, I mean, what are your guys, since this is like the, you know, the last we'll ever talk about this, uh, what, Chris, what do you have to say about the loss of uh, Ben Affleck as Batman? You know, I'm right there with you. I actually think Ben Affleck did the best he could with the character. Um, I'm not a fan of Batman v Superman or Justice League, but I do think, especially in Batman v Superman, I really liked the idea of this bitter xenophobic Batman like Batman was pretty much like the villain in that movie and I kind of liked that idea and I liked how Ben Affleck played him as this just total asshole but at the same time the script was really bad and the script for Justice League was even worse so I think Ben Affleck did the best he could with really shitty material and uh, I hope he just moves on to better things now because I do think 
with the right material, Ben Affleck can do really good work. I'm not going to say I think he's like a great actor. I don't think he has a lot of range, but in the right hands, he can turn in like memorable performances. So, uh, and I know he's had some like personal problems. So I, I hope he's okay. I hope he just goes on, does better things and moves past this weird chapter in his life where he was, <laughs> he was briefly Batman. Brad, what say you? Uh, I actually agree with you guys, too. I, I thought that Ben Affleck as uh, Batman and Bruce Wayne was one of the better parts of Batman v Superman and Justice League. I, I like, you know, the, the the grizzled older Batman. It's it's not quite as, you know, good as other interpretations of an older Batman that we've seen in comics and uh, in animated form. But I, I thought his performance was solid. And it's, it is kind of a bummer that we won't get to see what he could have done with a, a solo uh, movie that doesn't have Zack Snyder involved. But like you said, you know, Matt, Matt Reeves is an incredible filmmaker and I'm, I'm extremely excited to see what he brings to the table, especially since he's talked about this being more of a noir Batman. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to some other release date news that Warner brothers announced yesterday. What, what else did they announce in, in their slate? Yeah. So we have word that the suicide squad sequel will be arriving uh, in on August 6, 2021, so just a few months after the Batman hits theaters, and it has been given the title of The Suicide Squad. Um, and Isn't not- that a little confusing that the first movie is called Suicide Squad and then the second movie is called The Suicide Squad? It is a little confusing, um, I and I, I think that the reasoning behind it is that there have been rumblings that this new uh, sequel is supposed to be kind of like a soft reboot where they're kind of trying to distance themselves from what happened in the first movie since it wasn't quite as uh, well-received as Warner Brothers might have hoped. Um, and uh, funnily enough, along with um, that, you know, we, we know, uh, if Chris wants to jump in here, that uh, James Gunn uh, has been confirmed to direct. So that that uh, shows us why Warner Brothers was so keen to get a release date out there. Yeah, Chris, what do we know? Yeah, so not only is James Gunn directing it, but there's also a word that it's going to focus on completely new characters. So don't expect to see Captain Boomerang back anytime soon. I know everyone loved him and Slipknot, the man who could climb anything. I guess his head exploded, so he wouldn't come back anyway. But James Gunn is directing, and it's kind of weird because you know Suicide Squad, when when the first one came out, it was thought of as you know, Warner Brothers' answer to Guardians of the Galaxy. It was like, all right, well, Marvel made their quirky team-up movie. Here's ours. And now, a few years later, the guy who directed Guardians of the Galaxy is directing the Suicide Squad sequel. So it's very, uh, I don't want to say ironic. It's just a very yeah. strange turn of events. And, we, you know, we had heard a rumor about this, I think, last year, that, that Gunn was in talks to direct. And now it, it looks like it's official because, as we all know, Marvel fired him for some naughty tweets, and uh, now Marvel's loss is Warner Brothers' gain. Yeah. I I had talked to a friend who had talked to a friend who had read this James Gunn draft of Suicide, Suicide Squad, and from what I heard, um, I heard, number one, that, uh, that Deadshot and Harley Quinn are back in this movie. Um, I also heard that the script is very much feels like Guardians of the Galaxy. So I think, Brad, you might actually be excited for a DC movie for once. Uh, I mean, yes, but it's also very bittersweet because I would much rather have James Gunn directing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So it's, you know, it'll be like having 
uh, a McDonald's cheeseburger as opposed to a cheeseburger from Five Guys. <laughs> the, um, there were some other release dates that were announced as well, right, Brad? Yeah, well, there was one more comic book title that Warner Brothers announced, and it's uh, not anything that anyone's going to be thrilled about, but they're um, making a DC Super Pets movie. Uh, we heard about how, that. How, last- how dare you? Chris is so excited for this movie. <laughs> I will, yeah, I'll see this. Why not? I heard about this last year. Uh, it was it was in development back in uh, in August, and it, it came at a time when it seemed like Warner Brothers was just willing to do anything with DC properties other than continue their original plan that sparked from Batman versus Superman. Um, but it's uh, Legion of Super Pets is the comic that originally starred this whole team of super powered uh, pets that were tied to other superhero um superheroes like the uh crypto is superman's dog uh, but there's also uh prody who is a, a shapeless mass of protoplasm capable of taking uh on any shape or form there's streaky the super cat uh comet the super horse um th- th- this this all sounds like a, a complex joke to me <laughs> um, but but it is animated fair it's something that's going to be meant for kids much like teen titans go to the movies was which was a, a moderate success last year um, so it, it just looks like D- Warner Brothers wants to tap into uh, something that Marvel hasn't really by making a comic book fair that is more geared towards kids. What, what is the odds that Henry Cavill will reprise his role as Superman in voice form in this movie to introduce his his dog? I mean, that that's actually a fair question. That It would be interesting if they did that, especially since Warner Brothers did have uh, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, and Margot Robbie voice Wonder Woman – uh, Aquaman and Harley Quinn in the Lego movie too. So it's clearly they're trying to keep those characters established to the actors playing them, even in animated form. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but of course that assumes that, that Henry Cable is still playing Superman. So who knows? There, uh, there was a, a couple other release date things, but they're probably not as interesting to talk about here, right? Well, one of them is fairly interesting because, um, the, since we talked about Stephen King earlier, the Shining sequel, Doctor Sleep, has been moved up from its original January 2020 release date and is instead coming out uh, fall this year on November 8th. So it sounds like uh, Warner Brothers might, has a lot more confidence in this movie than they might have initially because January, uh, it's not quite as bad of a dumping ground for theatrical releases as it used to be, but it's not necessarily a, a big blockbuster month. Or releasing it in the fall. Uh, what, what, what are you talking about, Brad? We got we got Serenity in uh, January. It's, it's it's fine. All the movies but, are fine. Uh, it sounds like may, they might even think that it has awards potential because awards season usually starts uh, at the beginning of November, and putting it uh, in that month does show that Warner Brothers feels like they have something that audiences are really going to be interested in seeing. So uh, that's that seems like good news. Chris, I know you're you're the big Stephen King fan here. Does this make you more excited about this uh, sequel? Does. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this, both because of the, the release date move and because I know some things about it that have me pretty excited. So uh, fingers crossed. I, I'm not a fan of the Doctor Sleep book, but I am a fan of Mike Flanagan, who's directing it. So I, I have faith he's going to turn it into something good. Very cool. OK, that brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. Chris, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, I'm at SlashFilm.com and I'm on Twitter at Evangelista 413 Brad, if I'm looking for you, where can I find you? 
I just got fired from Ultraviolet, so I will keep working uh, at SlashFilm.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton. And I've got my own podcast called Go Flicks Yourself. You can check out on iTunes and other podcasting platforms. You can find all the stories we mentioned in today's podcast on SlashFilm.com and linked in the show notes. This podcast, SlashFilm Daily, is published every weekday on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, or life advice from Chris to peter at SlashFilm.com. That's peter at SlashFilm.com. And please head on over to our iTunes page. Uh, you know, Write us a couple sentences. Give us a five stars. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, so what are the chances that the Super Pets movie, like, is as good as, you know, Into the Spider-Verse? And, you know, we get spinoff movies with each of the, you know, we get the crypto movie. We get the uh, piece of slime guy thing that you mentioned movie. I'd say there's a 100% chance of that happening. I don't know if they'll all get their own spinoffs, but I I definitely feel like they're going to try and replicate that success. Uh, but, I mean, who wouldn't want to see a movie about Streaky, the super cat? Yes, or the horse. I'd see the super horse movie. I wish this were live action. That would be more exciting. I just want to see a movie called Super Horse. Yes. 